0: Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. As we continue today, I want you to realize that we started talking about acceptance and started talking about the law and the Pharisees and how they live straight by the law and everybody else was wrong. And I closed yesterday by talking about we, God understands our heart and it's not freedom to sin, but it's a freedom not to sin. Because no one needs to tell you right from wrong, right? Nobody. Our Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for these great listeners today. I thank you for their lives. I pray you'd watch over them. You would lead them. You would guide them in everything they do, that they would see the power of God unfold in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, Paul taught grace was uh, important. Grace that dealt with unmerited favor of God that he loved us. We don't have to worry about a code of regulations when we truly live for him because we, he knows our heart. And we love him so much we want to serve him. And like I said, you know right from wrong. If, if the Holy Spirit uh, steers your conscience you shouldn't be doing something, then don't do it. You know, like I said yesterday and this morning, people need to understand that it's not about a freedom to sin. It's about a freedom not to sin. No one needs to tell you what's right and wrong. You know the answer if you're close to God. The Holy Spirit convicts you if you're going the wrong direction. You know, at, there's three reasons to accept each other. Three reasons. Paul gives three reasons. By the way, the passage yesterday is Romans 14, 1 through 8, and Romans 15, 5 and 6, if you want to read those. I'm not going to reread them today, even though some of you are just tuning in today, but you can read them. And this is Of course, uh, Paul talking about accepting those whose faith is weak and don't argue over disputable matters. Don't be, you know, arguing about which day you worship or what you eat. You know, that doesn't matter, he's telling. He says what matters is living for Jesus is walking with Jesus. But three reasons we need to accept is this. First is God has received us all. He knows we're all different, yet we are all created in his image. He loves us for who we are. He has received us. Granted, he wants all of us to live for him and trust in him. And that's the important thing in your life. Are you believing in Jesus? Are you trusting in him? Are you living a life that he would be pleased with? Would he look at you today and say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or would he look at you today and say, I'm ashamed of you because you're proclaiming me and you're living like Satan? What would he say to you? The second is the Lord is the Lord of all. He's not just the Lord of a few who are deep in their walk with God. I hope you're all deep in your walk with God. If you're not, let's grow deeper together. But you know what? In, we live on planet Earth, and on planet Earth there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of non-perfect people. In fact, all of us. But he is the Lord of the saints, and he is the Lord of the sinner. And his wish is for everyone to come to repentance and accept him as Lord and Savior. And if you're listening today and you say, well, I have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ— I'd ask right where you're at, right this moment, that you would say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. Give me a new start. Help me to see you clearly. And you know what? He will, and your life will be changed. You'll be born again. You'll be saved, and you'll be heaven-bound. Folks, I want everyone listening to be heaven-bound without question. Now, look, there is no Mr. Perfect, or who is Mr. Perfect? The Bible says this, there is none righteous, no, not one. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. None of us can stand on the platform and say, I'm better than you. Now, I always thought my father was a perfect man because I'm telling you what, I don't I don't remember ever seeing him sin as such. I mean, I just honestly don't. He just lived such a great life. But, of course, he would be the first to tell you, yes, of course I've sinned. Because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says in Romans. Then Romans 14.10 says, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Nobody is going to be immune from that. You're going to stand before the judgment seat of God. Well, there will be no great escapes. Every single person listening to stand before Almighty God and give an account for your life. You're going to give an account for your life, folks. I'm telling you, that's a part of it. And take a moment to reflect. How will that day look for you? Take a moment right now. How will that day look for you? Will it be a day you gloriously look forward to standing in the presence of God? And he's not going to stand before you and and point out every little thing, your bad attitude or situation you had. That Oh, you sinned here, you sinned there. But if you're thinking that you're right with God and you're living contrary to God's word, then I would be a little bit concerned. Because you know what? He knows your heart. And he knows you're not perfect. He knows I'm not perfect. I tell people all the time from the pulpit, look, if you think I'm perfect, you're wrong. I'm, sometimes I have attitudes, situations, especially on the highway when people are doing crazy things. It just gets my dander up, you know? All sorts of little things like that. Well, you guys all remember, uh, I believe, uh, the book of John when you we you saw the great story, John chapter 8. In fact, I'll just read it to you, and you'll know as soon as I start reading what I'm talking about. When I preach this uh, sermon in church, I showed a video, a uh, drama video of this, and that was kind of fun. And then, so they all went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teach this woman who is caught in adultery, act of adultery. and the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using the question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started right on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without without sin... Be the first one to throw a stone. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I. Go now and leave your life of sin. The other version says, Go and sin No more. You see, Jesus forgives, and he showed compassion. And here this lady was a lady of the night, a lady that had lived in immorality. But what did he do? They were going to stone her because of the law. And he says, no, you without sin, you that think you're perfect, you know, go ahead and stone her, (laughs) virtually. And they all walked away because they knew they were people of sin. They knew they had all sinned somewhere along the line. One people, people get in this uh, frame of mind, well, this sin is worse than that sin, or that, you know, they get into a whole rage about what sin is worse than another. Many of you probably been in a discussion with your friends, oh, that's such a terrible thing. They, they sin so horrible. Folks, when you lie in your taxes, when you steal, when you treat people poorly, your sin's no different than anybody else's. Oh, yes, the, some of the consequences of some of those sins are horrendous and horrible, but sin is sin, Think about how he treated this woman who made some terrible mistakes. He loved her. He forgave her. And they then gave her instruction. See, Jesus gives us a charge. Go and sin no more. Okay, you blew it. I forgive you. But go and sin no more. See, that is the same thing he's telling many people today. I forgive you, and you need to forgive others. But go and sin no more. I don't care how bad the situation was. God is a God of forgiveness. He has forgiven us and instructs us to forgive others. I think some people purposely hold on to the past so they can always have leverage on those that mistreated them. I've seen it happen over and over again. I've been in discussion with many people over and over again how they continue to hold on to a past sin, a sin that... That has, that has caused them damage in their life, and so they hold on to it, and they hold grudges because they blame somebody else for getting them in the sin. You know, I, yeah, I've i seen that happen over and over. I watched in my father's ministry growing up, the, during the years, as he, being a pastor, that it, it, sometimes it took time to heal. See, we are children of God. We need to be people who love and encourage each other and forgive each other. You know I think as people of God we need to learn to love. There was an old book, I think it was by Cook. It was called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. It's an old book. I loved it way back years ago. It gave a bunch out. I mean, I'm talking forty years ago. And it was it's so important that we love people. Love people because they're a creation of Almighty God. God created them in his image. God knows their heart and he wants us to to love people, and he wants us to accept people. We don't always agree with people. We don't always agree with what they're talking about, and and you say, well, are we supposed to accept their sin? No, you don't accept their sin. You accept them as people because we're all flawed people. God created us all, and every one of us, the Bible says, has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we accept them, we love them, and then the third thing is we forgive them. Well, they have wronged me. Folks, I can tell you stories about people that have wronged me. I can tell you people that have wronged others that I know really well that really were wronged in a horrible, horrible situation, so bad that uh, most people would have a hard time certainly forgiving people that this one lady friend of mine that has been a friend in ministry for years who lost her, her, her daughter because her son-in-law killed her. I mean, how hard? Hard and difficult as that. And then she told me this story about one day she went to the prison. He's in for life and uh, she forgave him and how freeing that was. But yet we hold on to things. But that's the major part. That's a major thing. But there's so many minor things. People have said something about us or people have uh, back talked or gossiped about us and we just, and we hold on to it and we won't forgive them. We don't want to be their friend. We don't want to talk to them. I'm not telling you, go out and be their best friend, but we got to forgive them. We want to grow in things of God. we got to love, accept, and forgive people. So today, my challenge for you is to love, accept, and forgive people. If there's someone on your heart, pray for them today. Because God loves you, we need to love others. Lord bless you. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-362. 1700, or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.